0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. ...to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for your word, the power that's here, the ability to instruct and guide. Uh, Lord, your word is living, and Lord, it will meet the needs that we have today today. And I pray that the Spirit of God would just work in each and every one of our lives. Uh, Just help us tonight, uh, grow us, mature us, uh, strengthen us, please. And Lord, uh, as a church family, there have been many prayers that have gone up in this prayer time tonight. And many other items were not even brought up. But Lord, you know the need of each person and we pray that you would meet that tonight. Thank you for allowing us to gather as a church family. And bless now, this time, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. All right, Romans chapter 1. And in this passage of scripture, we find the word faith used six times. And so, six times in Romans 1, it's used. And, you know, when we see the Lord use a word, of course, when it's repeated, then it's is—it's just showing the importance of it. God only has to say something once for it to be important, but when he uses it over and over again, then we can sense and see how important it is. When we go into the book of Hebrews, uh, we find uh, how often that word faith is used. You know, for the believer, the word faith is not just a word we use, it is a life we live. It's not just be, supposed to be some type of a ideology that it's something like spoofle dust, you know, just some magic thing that is unattainable, something that is, is just uh, out of reach. Our faith is real. You know, the faith that we have in God is not a faith that is uh, unfounded. Our faith is not a blind faith. We have a God who has revealed himself to us uh, in his creation. We have seen him reveal himself to us in his word. He revealed himself to us in his son. Uh, as a believer, the Holy Spirit of God reveals himself to us as the indwelling spirit. And over and over again, we see how God proves himself true over and over again. Our faith is not a blind faith. Our faith is in a God who is very real and with His uh, His His uh, existence and our trust in Him uh, what we find is that our faith just gets a little bit stronger day by day. The just shall live by faith. In the uh, 1500s, there was a, a monk, his name was Martin Luther. He also was a professor at a university, and, and as Martin Luther was studying the Word of God uh, as a Roman Catholic, uh, he was studying the book of Romans. And as he was studying the book of Romans, he came across Romans 117, and he he was believing in salvation through works through the through the church, through the pope and and as he was getting into Romans and studying the Word of God, he came across romans one seventeen uh, "The just shall live by faith. The Protestant Reformation was launched because of this verse, and Martin Luther, in his own words. He states the reality uh, of how the, uh, this passage of Scripture unlocked uh, his faith in God for salvation. Uh, he, he made this statement. At first, I clearly saw that the free grace of God is absolutely necessary to attain light and eternal life. "...and I anxiously and busily busily work to understand the word of Paul in Romans one seventeen. the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel." From faith to faith. Uh, and he said, I questioned this passage for a long time and labored over it for the expression, righteousness of God, barred my way. This phrase was customarily explained to mean that the righteousness of God is a virtue by which he is himself righteous and he condemns sinners. In this way, all the teachers of the church, except Augustine, had interpreted the passage uh, and they had said, "'The righteousness of God, that is, the wrath of God. But as often as I read this passage, I wish that God had never revealed the gospel. For who could love a God who was angry, who judged and condemned people?' This misunderstanding continued until enlightened by the Holy Spirit. I finally examined more carefully the word of Habakkuk 2, four: The just shall live by his faith. From this passage, I concluded that life must be derived from faith. Then the entire Holy Scripture became clear to me. And heaven itself was opened in me. Now we see this brilliant light very clearly, and we are privileged to enjoy it abundantly. You know, the Christian life—it all begins with faith. It's where it all starts. It starts with being born again, and so we're going to look at several things tonight uh, that I I think will be a help to us. Uh, first of all, I want—I'm going to speak to you on the subject uh, faithful to my faith. Faithful to my faith. You know, too too many are not being faithful to their faith. They say they believe, but they are not being faithful to what they say they believe. My pastor used to always say, you only believe that which moves you to action. And the reality is, what I say I believe is only real when what I say is backed up by my actions. Because if I believe it, I will move because of what I believe. And so here we are going to start with, number one, uh, faith to escape. Faith to escape. Aren't you glad... That we have faith. Faith is the beginning. When we talk about Romans one seventeen, uh, it is it is predicated in the beginning uh, about the gospel. It is it is talking about the gospel and herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. But he had just talked about the gospel. I am a debtor uh, to the Jews and to the Greeks, to the ba- to the uh, barbarians, uh, uh, and and with that he was he was just revealing that salvation. Uh, is a result of the gospel. Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ... Uh, Paul said that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He said, I am ready to preach the gospel. And so uh, with that, that's the beginning. The preaching of the gospel, uh, the truth of the gospel, is where we are allowed to uh, escape, Uh, faith to escape, faith in salvation, faith in Christ uh, brings salvation. And we can look at the judgment of God, but the judgment of God is for those who are condemned. You and I, the Bible says, as a believer, we are not appointed unto wrath. The condemnation of God is for those that believe not, not for those who believe. And even even when we fail and even when we sin and even when we do that which is uh, not acceptable in the sight of God, God does not punish us. God chastens us. You see, wrath is a pu- the punishment, uh, and chastening is corrective. I'm so thankful that I have a God uh, who, who doesn't just punish. He, he corrects. He wants to fix a problem. And in my life, when chastening comes, it's because I have gotten off track or I'm starting to go down a wrong way. And, and he has a way of getting our attention, doesn't he? Now, what we want to do is we want to keep our sin account real short. You know why? We don't want to get too far away. We don't want to be like what they talked about in the book of James about having our conscience seared with a hot iron. When I was. Uh, younger, I was a welder and and when you 're welding, you always get burned. There is no way around it if you weld you 're going to get burned. Uh, I remember though when I first started welding, uh, I started welding with uh, oxygen acetylene welding, a torch, and then you had a, I had the torch in one hand and you had the rod in the other hand, and I was uh, uh, learning to weld and uh, somebody came back and pushed somebody behind me, and they came right in uh, to the back of me and that torch went right down across my fingers right here and that little blue tip hit this pinky finger and it melted the skin from the end of my pinky uh, to that second joint right there and my finger just did that number it just sucked all together the skin just just all melted and you know being a, a dumb young person I grabbed it and I just pulled it back and then this chunk just sort of fell off of uh, of skin uh but uh it was hard it was it was completely crusted over. It was seared. Uh, When I worked at McDonald's and I was putting meat down on the griddle, uh, the fingertips, they hit that grill. And what happens at first, I mean, every time you touch it, your fingers are just burning. But after a little bit of time, your your fingertips would become uh, seared. They would become calloused and they weren't near as sensitive. When it comes to having a conscience that is seared, if we are not careful, we will ignore the the still small voice of the Holy Spirit of God. And then chastening starts to come. And if we're not careful, we can get to a point where we don't hear God speaking anymore. It concerns me when people are unresponsive to the Word of God. When the Spirit, I'm not saying you have to walk an aisle every service, but what I am saying is if we can sit in a service week in and week out and the Spirit of God is not working in our heart, there is a problem. There's a problem. And we want to make sure that our heart is sensitive to God. You see, when we get saved, uh, there is this wonderful event that transpires, uh, the faith to escape. We just escape the condemnation of the punishment, which would have been hell, the wrath, which would have been hell. And now through salvation, uh, we have escaped that. I'm so thankful that that is the case and that when you get saved and I have been saved, uh, we are no longer condemned. Uh, Romans 5.1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And what a wonderful uh, condition that is to be in. Uh, But it comes, first of all, through salvation. But that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. That's where our faith starts. And, And with that, we don't want to lose sight. Never lose sight of the day you got saved. You Pastor, I just don't really remember a whole lot about it. Then you need to spend some time just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. Where were you when you got saved? I know right where I was at. I don't remember the time... Uh, but I, I remember the day, I know where I was at, and sometimes we might uh, get a little bit confused on that, and that might become, if nobody would have told me uh, that I needed to know the day, I would not have probably known the day, uh, the date, uh, but, I, w- but I, I know the event and salvation is, is such a wonderful uh, thing when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and those sins are gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Uh, don't, don't get uh, tired of that story. Don't get tired of thinking about it uh, because when we do, then our faith starts to get cold. starts to get cold because we forget what God has done for us. I was condemned. I was on my way to hell. When I talk to people about salvation and uh, if I have the wonderful opportunity to see them get saved, uh, I'll always ask them, okay, so according to the Bible, after I go through some, uh, some assurance verses, uh, I'll ask him, so according to the Bible now, if you die, where are you going to go? And they'll say, heaven. So okay, you die five years from now, where are you going to go? Heaven. If you die ten years from now, where are you gonna go? Heaven. You die fifty years from now, where are you gonna go? Heaven. You say, Pastor, you don't do that every time. Every time. And then I say, if you had have died five minutes ago, where would you have gone? If they don't tell me hell, we back up and start over. But when they say I would have gone to hell, the the emphasis shifts to say the Lord's done something great for you. We have to recognize what God has done for us. Uh, we are saved. Uh, we have been able to escape. Faith to escape that salvation, that condemnation, the consequences of the penalty of our sin. Uh, faith to escape. Secondly, faith to endure. Faith to endure. Take your Bible. Go to Romans. I'm sorry, uh, Deuteronomy chapter one. Deuteronomy chapter number 1, and we're going to look at two verses in Deuteronomy, and then we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians, but in Deuteronomy chapter number 1, I want you to look with me at verse number 19, uh, Deuteronomy 119, and when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness. Now, underline that in your Bible, underline that great and terrible wilderness, which he saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. Now skip over to chapter 8 and look at verse number 15. Deuteronomy 8 and verse number 15. Good to hear the Bibles. Deuteronomy eight fifteen. Who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness... Wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, at where there was no water. Who who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint? So here we find Old Testament two times that that uh, phrase there, that great and terrible wit, uh, wilderness. Now go to First Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten. And we're going to start in verse number 1. But what we're going to find is the Apostle Paul, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he is going to give them... Uh, a background, and he's going to be referring back to Deuteronomy, the events of that uh, wilderness. There, First Corinthians chapter number ten. Uh, so here we looked at faith to uh, escape tonight. Uh, secondly, faith to endure. Look with me here in First uh, Corinthians ten, verse one. First uh, Corinthians ten, verse one. We'll read down through verse thirteen. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat that same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well-pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things uh, were for our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whose the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man." But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. And so here, what do we find? We find that the Apostle Paul is referring back to the wilderness. He's referring back to the great deliverance that God brought his people out of Egypt. Uh, They came across the Red Sea. They got into uh, the wilderness there, and then they were under the pillow of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, they had the rock in Horeb that Moses struck and water came out and supplied their need that living water uh, Paul called that he said that was Christ, he was the fulfiller, he was the living water uh, that was there and then he talked about the manna that they ate, that same spiritual meat uh, Oreo cookies double stuffed Oreo cookies, every day waking up to to that all over the ground, and just think, they didn't even have to worry about their blood sugar. Uh, What a blessing. Uh, So anyway, here he's referring back to them, and he is talking to the believers in the New Testament, and he's telling them that they do not have to find themselves failing in their faith, and he uses these other individuals as an example. An example is what he's saying. He said there are, there are people that were there that knew who God was, but they fell into idolatry. They fell into immorality. They were bitter, they were envious. They were murmuring. And he goes through and he lists all of these sins that they had committed. And Paul was trying to get this group of people, this Corinthian church, this carnal church. It was a baby church. And as he is talking to these new believers, he's trying to help them not to do the same things that these other people did. And he used the verse that we use so often There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Let me tell you something. Right now, there are a lot of temptations that all of us are facing. The word persecution in the Bible comes from the same word where we get pressure. And though we may not be experiencing the persecution to death that there are people around the world that are experiencing, every one of us have been experiencing pressure. And unfortunately, the length of pressure, just with COVID, has caused so many people to get tired of fighting the battle. And Paul said, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. We have, through faith, the ability to endure whatever comes our way. He said, well, Pastor, what are we going to do with Gavin Newsom being our governor still? What are we going to do with President Biden? What are we going to do with Congress? What are we going to do with the mask mandates? What are we going to do with the vaccination uh, mandates? What are, we, what are we going to do with all of these things? We're going to keep our eyes on our Savior. That's what we're going to do. We've got to keep our eyes vertical, and, and we can allow the weight. And if we're not careful, we will keep putting these weights on our shoulders, and pretty soon we can only carry weight for so long. This last week, uh, first week of chapel was last Wednesday, and, uh, and I was singing with the kids. And uh, so we did, I'm, no, we didn't do in right, out right. We did, uh, I will make you fishers of men. And so, with that, in that song, uh, every every word that started with uh, M, the the men, the males would stand. The men would stand, and every word that started with an F, uh, the females, the girls would stand. And so it was. I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men. And we're going through, and we're singing it. The kids were having a good time, and then we went faster. We did it a couple times. I don't know how many times we sang that song, and. The next day, I was like, what is going on? (laughs) I mean to tell you, I was hurting. I told Deb, I said, I have no idea what is happening. Why my legs hurt so much. But I mean, I was, I was in pain. Every time I, I moved, my thighs were just killing me. And then the next day, we were talking about it again. I was like, man, I don't know what happened. She said, did you sing any songs with the kids? I was like, oh, that was it. So guess who sang the songs today in chapel? Now, he's probably not going to feel it at all because uh, he's in a lot better shape. Uh, Brother Nathan was singing the songs today, and I was sort of standing over here singing with him, but I wasn't doing the up-down again. Uh, You know, the reality is we can only carry so much weight for so long. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and I will give you rest unto your souls. What do we find? We find that if we are going to try to carry it by ourselves, we're going to get buried. We're going to get buried. You say, well, pastor, you know, most of these trials and temptations and problems, we use it with testings and trials as though it's only a sin temptation. But the reality is, the trials that life brings us sometimes they are health trials, sometimes they're economic trials, sometimes there are uh, social trials. There are different ways that the trials and testings come into our life. And this trial has been an 18 month trial, and we don't see any end from it. And with that, that that weight just keeps getting added and added and added. And if we're not careful, if we don't give it to God, we are going to get buried. We've got to give it to the Lord. We've got we've to come to a place where we recognize, I've got to be faithful to my faith. And if I'm not careful, what will happen is the trials will weigh me down to where I finally give out. It's not that I gave up. Just gave out. Didn't have any more to give. Didn't have any more energy. And if we are running on our own strength, we're going to run on empty. We have to, as believers, learn to give it to God. Now, you stop and think, 18 months, there's no end to this. Well, let's go back to Deuteronomy and let's think. God told them, for every day that you wasted in, uh, in uh, Jericho and, and just checking the place out, and, or Kadesh Barney, he says, now, the promised land, he says, now, you're, you're going to... You're going to have a year for every day. Their pressure wasn't just for 18 months. It was 40 years. 40 years. You say, "All, but all of them were reprobates. Isn't that sort of how we envision it? I mean, these were all just faithless people. That's why they suffered. It was everybody that was 20 years and older. Ones that never went in to spy out the land. The consequences of somebody else's actions impacted their life and ultimately changed their destination. You know you and I as we go through life there are trials and problems and weights that we will carry that were not our own making a lot of them are most of my problems are blamed at the guy that I shave in the morning I wish I could blame them on somebody else but I can't it's me But there are times where somebody else's action brings a lot of hurt. Changes events, plans, dreams. And in our life, if we're not careful, we can just sort of fade away in our faith. Paul looked at them and said, You have no excuse. That's what he was saying. He said, Temptations and trials, everybody has them. Shake your head like that. Everybody has them. And we think somehow that we are unique. And that we are the only one that's bearing this problem. And it's not true. There are battles that people are facing and you might not know anybody personally that is going through your circumstance or your event. And we might not have answers for the questions and problems that we're facing. But God says, listen... They're common to man. Other people have gone through it. Other people have suffered. Other people have succeeded. Why? Because they were strong? No, because they had a strong God. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. He is the one that's faithful. And with that, giving us a way to not only endure, but if there is a way out, and if there is a temptation or a trial that is bigger than what you can handle, God will make a way of escape. Say, Pastor, I can't take any more. God has more confidence in you than you do. He has more confidence in you than you do. And we might not understand how it's all going to work, but what we do understand is that we have a God uh, who knows us. He knows our needs. He knows our uh, the things that we are going to face. And uh, with that, we've just got to be faithful to him. Uh, all of the, the events that are coming down the pike, there are people right now with uh, the vaccination mandates and uh, how they're going to deal with things. Uh, and that's going to be in, impacting so many people, the military. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, healthcare workers uh, just today uh, a mandate came out from in the state of California uh, that all healthcare workers have to get vaccinations. That's going to impact a lot of people and decisions that they are making and and there there are there are impositions that are made in our lives. But but with that uh, we have to recognize that we just got to trust God. What are we going to do? We just have to trust Him. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And if I'm not careful, I can get buried today because of the what-ifs of tomorrow. The Southern Baptist Convention just this last week their uh, missions program, the International Missions Board, put a requirement out and said, no vaccination, no mission. You cannot be on our mission board. You can't be a missionary. There's, there are impacts that are happening. Countries around the world, just this last week, I believe it was Nigeria, came out and said, no vaccination, no church. This is not an event that is going to just impact some people. We have all been impacted by it already, but the impact in the future, it sounds like it's just going to keep ramping up. Pastor, what are we going to do? We're going to trust God. Just going to trust God. Faithful to my faith. You see, my faith is in somebody who is faithful. So I have to be faithful to the one who my faith is in. He is worthy of our faith. So faithful, our faith to engage, our faith to uh, uh, escape, faith to endure, and thirdly, faith uh, to engage. say, Pastor, how do I... What do I do? Stay engaged in your faith. Don't back up. Don't back up. Don't back out. We got to get engaged. Well, I just just don't know how everything's going to happen. Neither do I. None of us do. We have this this wild idea that if they came and said it was against the law to be a Christian, that we would all just be willing martyrs. We think that we would respond properly in that day, and yet with the pressure that's happened already, we've already weakened and backed up in our own faith. When the screws get tightened up more, what makes us think that we will all of a sudden get this spiritual strength? We've, we've got to make sure that we are staying engaged. Uh, uh, faith, uh, our faith is not just a faith to, to hold, it's a faith to live. Amen. Quickly, go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, I'm out of time. James chapter 2 and verse 14, we'll read down to verse number 20. James 2:14 to20. The Bible says, "What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man may say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, if faith hath not works, it is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. And we have to stay engaged in our faith. Faith without works is dead. Was dead. Now, Romans tells us that we are justified in the sight of God through faith. He knows our faith. He can see our faith. We are justified in the sight of man by our works. Our works that, that represent, because of our faith, the actions that we take, the implementing of what we believe and allow it to come out in our actions, that's how people see our faith. That's how our faith is validated in the eyes of people. And so James was saying, you show me your faith without your I'll show you my faith by my works. My faith in God, nobody can see my faith, but they can see my actions. They can see how I live out my faith. I allow what I say I believe to come out in what I do. And it is controlling. It is guiding. It is principled. And you and I, we need to have faith to engage. We have to stay engaged in our faith. Why? Because there's a world that's dying and going to hell, and they need somebody to look at that has some hope there ought to be some people that they see that are light and as they look around and they see the light it gives them some, some hope of, of their, for their life and for their eternity and, and we need to be faithful to our faith, we need to allow our faith to come out in our life faithful to my faith Faith that is not living and giving is dying. See, our faith, James here talked about the brother that had need and did nothing about it. There was no action behind it. See, the Christian faith it is it is a giving faith because we have a giving God and you and I as we are living our faith, we're sharing our faith. We're generous. What do we find? We find that now other people sense a need. I want people to see something in me that's real. I wish I could say um, I always exemplify the Christian faith well. I wish I could say that I always had the joy of the Lord and I never get down, I never get discouraged. I wish that was a reality. It's not. But I don't want to be a hypocrite, I don't want to be a fake. And I don't want to fail in my faith. The Lord has been so good to me. I just want to be faithful to Him. Faithful to the faith. And you and I, we need to be faithful to what we say we believe. Let's not let the pressures, the problems, all the events that are going on outside the church house, let's not allow that to change who we are. The world is waxing worse and worse. Just like the Lord said it was going to do. But we just know it's a little closer for His return. Let's keep our eyes heavenward. Faithful to my faith. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's BBC, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.